Hi, Honeymooners. Natasha and I are coming to a city near you. And we'd love you to come see us and support us doing live stand-up comedy. As for me, I'm going to be going to the Comedy Club on State in Madison this very weekend for five shows. I love that club. I'd love to see you there. I'll also be at the Troubadour for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on May the 12th. That's just one night, one show, just me. But Natasha and I are going to be doing a live Endless Honeymoon podcast taping for the Netflix is a Joke Festival on the 4th of May. Then I'm going to the Punchline in Philadelphia. That's in July. Would love to see you there. I'm going to be going to the Punchline in Sacramento in August. And I'll be going to the DC Improv uh, the weekend before the election, before we figure out what hell we hath wrought. Come see me at any of those dates. Oh, yeah, one more. I'll be at the Bell House in New York on July the 11th. I'd love to see you there, New York City. Natasha, you got anything? Why don't you come see me in Brea? If you live in Orange County, I think that's Orange County. I don't even know, but come to Brea. I'll be there in April. I'll also be at the Chicago Improv in April. And if you can't see me in Chicago, why don't you come to Tempe in May? Tempe, Arizona. I'll also be in Boston, but that's not till October. I think I might take the summer off. Go to NatashaLegero.com. Or MosheCasher.com. And get some tickets. To see the both of us. And also make sure that you come to our Patreon-supported Dinner party this Sunday. That is on St. Patrick's Day. What else are you doing? It is a dumb holiday. I'm sorry. If you are not yet a member of the tier that gets you into the dinner parties, go ahead and upgrade. Upgrade that. You could downgrade afterwards. I mean, we don't have real rules. Order your corned beef and cabbage from the local pub. DoorDash that shit to your house. Yep. Log on. 6 p.m. Come mess with us. It's a really great way. Pacific. To connect to the community of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast and also to connect to your lovely hosts. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I was going to do that this week. Oh, okay. Well, welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. I'm Natasha Legero. And I'm the Movie Phone Guy, brought to you by 106.1 KMEL Jams. If you know the name of the movie you'd like to see, press one now. <laughs> you have selected the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, brought to you by Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legero. For a trailer of the podcast, press one now. Are you done? I mean, I wanted you to make a beep sound. I'm sorry. I just didn't want everyone to like turn this off. In five, four, three, welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, and thank you guys for joining us. My name is Natasha, and, um, and I'm Rachel Kapler. We've been doing a joke. I feel like podcasts <laughs> have the worst no, voices. No, it's not podcasts. It's NPR. And podcasts. We, we've been making a joke in the house that the uh, the application process to do a radio show on NPR is, hello, NPR. Hi, NPR. I would like to ho- You're hired. You are hired. Do you have a speech impediment? We want you as the voice of our radio network. I had a speech impediment when I was little. How did it sound? I did my S's like this. I have a very slight lisp to this day. You do kind of. I know. It's very light though, honey. Thank you, honey. Borders on sexy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Every woman wants a man with a lisp in their life. A sexy lisp. A sexy little lisp. Um, so today we want to check in with ourselves a little bit. Yeah, well, it's the state of the union as we've been calling it. And Natasha and I realized this week we're not just married, we're 
happily married. That was very cute when you said that. Well, I was just thinking about it like a lot of people are married, but like a lot of them are careening towards divorce. Is that true? I don't I don't have a lot of friends like that. How do you how would you know? How would you know? Because people get divorced at high rates. So it stands to figure that someone out there is about to get a divorce. It's is seemingly happy. Are seemingly di- happy. Are divorces expensive? Why do you ask? Well, because maybe people can't even afford to get a divorce. Then uh, what do you do? Uh, I don't know. I, I guess you separate without divorcing. Yeah. Uh, but but we're then what good. if it's not amicable? Then you have to fight over the kids. It just seems like maybe it's easier sometimes to not get a divorce. Okay, fair enough. Let's but we stay are together. Doing... <laughs> okay. <laughs> we had a funny week this weekend. Yes, we went. I got invited to pay for a luncheon for a prospective preschool. We we were starting to do the rounds (laughs) of the preschool. So we went to this preschool and uh, it was like your prototypical like Los Angeles hipster preschool. I mean, it was definitely seemed cool for sure. It was like it looked like, um, you know, all outdoor space. But but certainly the kind of place that they're making mud pies. Yeah. And there was like a band where there was two got two men singing. I don't know. There's something about just like. Like it was nice in a way because they were like singing kid songs. They were like, you know, who likes purple? I like purple or whatever kind of typical bullshit, bad lyric, um, you know, child songs. But then I was like kind of ooked out a little bit because I'm like, it was two guys. And you I'm don't just, want straight men around your daughter? I don't know. There's just something about like men who are like, I think I'll make my life children that I'm just like, Ugh. I'm well, sure they're great guys. I'm sure they're great guys, but I am like paranoid now. I know it's it's an issue. I, I just want women to be doing everything. I mean, I want women Lyft drivers. I want women doctors. I want uh, women teaching my children. Mm-hmm. Only I want thing I women don't, next to me usually. Like only thing I don't want a woman for is to make love to. That's it. That's it, and that's all. But here's what we want to tell you guys. Okay, so we went through, and it was like this super hipster place, and it was really nice and fun and cool, and like. We were like, yeah, maybe we should maybe we should send our little girl there. It seems cool. And then Natasha texted her friend. And they said that it has a 60% vaccination rate. 60% vaccinate, for, meaning 40% of the children there are currently dying of rubella. <laughs> 40% of them have yellow fever. 40%. But then Moshe looked up a lot of other preschools. Mump having ass bitches. And they all in LA. Dude, there was an article... That says that lost the richest neighborhoods in Los Angeles have vaccination rates below that of South Sudan. <laughs> I'm not doing this for comedic effect. South Here's Sudan. Here's what I don't understand. People watch John Oliver. Like, don't people like watch like all these like hippie people? Don't <laughs> they like? Don't they hear everyone talking about how that's not a real thing? Yeah, but the uh, the internet and the last four to eight to ten years has been all about the death of expertise. Like, no one cares about experts anymore. They're just like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess the medical community has come to a conclusion. But as a character actor, I've looked at four YouTube videos and read a pamphlet that I found on, like, realhealthnews.biz. And I think... It's all about like people thinking. You, you really think that's the only that that's how it is? I think it's the Internet has poisoned people with information. And so expertise is no longer a valued commodity. And so you have climate change deniers who are like, yeah, every scientist in the world might say one thing. But I, I found I found a witch doctor in, in Tuscaloosa that says that climate change is a myth. 
the flat earth thing, the anti-vax thing. It's so all the same. So is anti-vax equal with flat earth, do you think? Absolutely, You yes. think there's as much to, there's as much validity to it not vaccinating your kid as there is to believing that the earth is flat? Yes, yes. Vaccines prevent disease. The earth is a globe. The, 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 these so are how unassailable could all these, facts. How could all these people in Los Angeles who are educated people think that they shouldn't vaccinate their children. But that's what I'm saying. It's I, I. It's no. It's that's one thing you said when we were arguing about this. We're not arguing. We we're talking about it. Was that you were like, but these are smart people. That's the scariest part of it all. Intelligence actually doesn't factor into this. You can be totally intelligent, high IQ. It's not about intelligence. It's like it's a mystical, magical belief systems. It's like it's the same thing as like it's religion, but worse because at least there's not like a cool faith-based component where you actually gather it's just like you know you can be smart and still just believe i think people are like obsessed with the fact that uh that they have a special magical truth They've no what about the people who are the heads of the school district who want to protect all of the children why isn't it illegal it is to... it is illegal because then the other preschool by our house has 50 percent. what's funny is that right now listening to this podcast i guarantee right now Somebody is like fuming mad. Their face is turning red. And that's not just because of the scarlet fever they contracted from their unvaccinated child. <laughs> it's because they're pissed off listening to us right now. And they're going, but, but, but Dr. Flubiplop that I found on blogspot.healthcrunch.government.newzealand.hivisn'treal.crunchyhillary. I mean, it's like. It's fucking, I guarantee it right now. Somebody's like, you haven't read what I've read. But the whole point is, fuck what you've read. You got to read all of the things. Like, this is what people do now. They, the opposite of the scientific method, which is come up with a hypothesis and try to prove it right. And if you can't prove it right, you abandon it. It's the opposite. It's come up with a certainty and then try and pr prove it right. And if you can't prove it right, you keep looking until you find some source no matter how suspect it is that 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 bolsters your bullshit ass theory and that is flat earther and that i'll never forget when we were at that we were at this earth day um parade you remember that in san francisco mm -hmm. and there was somebody giving a speech and it was like all these like earth day hippies and this the person was like oh we gotta put a stop to climate change denial and everybody's like yeah and we gotta put a stop to you know, pollution and everybody's like yeah and we gotta put a stop to hunting endangered species and everybody's like yeah and he's like and we gotta put a stop to the illusion that uh genetically modified foods are bad for you and like 75 percent of the crowd is like like when an in it's that inconvenient truth you know it's like i don't like the word genetically modified so i think that i will assume that it just means bad even though the scientific community is like genetically modified foods aren't bad for you well i think we've all learned a lot well hold on let me say one more thing even though i've been talking filibustering <laughs> you really have <laughs> i forgot where i was for a second uh, well i just want to say i'm not an expert right obviously i don't know anything about climate change i don't know anything about the globe of the earth i don't know anything about vaccines how they work and why they work i don't know anything about genetically modified food foods but i believe in i believe in consensus of a scientific community i shouldn't be the expert i'm not the source i'm a stand-up comedian i know a lot about that you know what i'm saying so it's like it's this whole idea that like i somehow have gleaned more information than every expert ever that i find really disturbing
Well, I only know one person who didn't vaccinate their kids and I never really hung out with them, but I always hear people talking shit about people who don't vaccinate their kids. So it just seems, it just is confusing to me. They walk among us. It's like they say in Game of Thrones, measles is coming. (laughs) (laughs) And in the Hasidic Jewish communities, that's a little different, right? It's not different. uh, Why don't they vaccinate their kids? Same reason. They're susceptible, but they're even more susceptible to this kind of like conspiracy theory. Like there's nothing in Judaism that says don't vaccinate your children. Nothing. In fact, the opposite. It's the opposite. To save a life is like the ultimate thing. But there's something about insular communities, hippies, or or I would say hippies and Hasidic Jews, very similar, very similar facial hair structures, right? (laughs) But it's this thing where like we are an insular community. We don't trust the outside. The outside is lying. Ergo, this random thing I've decided is true must be true. And that's a true logical fallacy. Wow. Well, uh, either way, we're not sending our child to that school. I don't know. But then I was thinking, if she is vaccinated, does it matter? Won't she be? Doesn't it not matter? She'll watch her friends die of like coughing blood into a handkerchief. But like, isn't she going to be okay? I think so. If you know anything about um, uh, herd immunity and vaccinations, email us and tell us why we're right or wrong. We're interested in your thoughts. You Well, here's the thing, Moshe. You get very amped about this. I just like I should be amped. I just kind of ignore it because I assume my child will be fine. We but should, I definitely vaccinated her. We should all be amped. But you get like we personally gave our child, affronted by it. No, we gave our child forty-two extra vaccinations. They're not medically called for. Why is this such a trigger for you? Because I find obviously the issue itself is very fucked up and scary, right? That that we are literally reinvigorating uh, long dormant and nearly dead diseases and people are going to get sick. That's an issue on its on its face, right? That could start to affect not just kids. Yeah, oh, I, absolutely. The immune, the immune weakened, the elderly kids, everybody is, uh, all the vulnerable populations are at risk. That's an issue in and of itself. But the deeper and more systemic issue is this idea that as you kill expertise, you take away your own ability to survive. Like, it feels like a brain cancer. And uh, speaking of brain cancer... Uh, I will not be vaccinating my child against brain cancer. It's scary, man. I, I really think, but you know what? Somebody said today, maybe this is like, maybe it's a psychological like aberration that overpopulation is like creating. M- maybe it's like an evolutionary tick that we need to kill off like, you know, 40% of the people, like kind of Thanos style. We need to kill off like 40% of the people on earth. And maybe maybe our brains have developed in such a way that they're like, okay, take care of these people. And then we'll be able to utilize the resources we have and, and cut down on carbon. Because you know what they say, people that die of the mumps don't have any carbon footprint at all. The old saying. Okay, hopefully, maybe you've convinced. But here's another thing that's really annoying. You can't convince people of anything anymore. No. Everyone just wants to, you argue your point and then someone else will argue their point and no one will like move in any way. But beyond that, somebody that believes one of these untruths you know, one of these like mystical untruths, there really is when you, like I said, when you start with a confirmation bias based idea, which is that no matter what expertise uh, and and citations there are that, that scream what you believe is wrong, you keep looking until you find anything that says that what you believe is right. There's, it's not, you, there's no way to convince someone that they're wrong. Every, everything that says- Sounds like you, astrology. Yeah. Everything that says you're wrong 
is a, consp a part of the globe the conspiracy and everything that bolsters what you believe as right is the truth and that is a very dangerous place to live i hear you i hear you uh okay can we move on yeah all right let's take some calls and now we're gonna call nina in nyc i love you hello hello nina Hi. Hi. Hi, Nina. This is Natasha and Mosh. Thank you for your podcast. Thank you for joining us on our podcast, Nina. Tell us what your issue is. Yeah, what's going on, young Nina? Basically, my my issue is with um, someone that I work with. Um, we have like this really weird relationship, and I don't really know whether it's a problem or not. I kind it of already, like... I can tell from how you're describing it. It's 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 a problem. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> What's the deal? What's your relationship like? Um, I travel a lot for work and like we travel together a lot. Is this a man or a woman? Uh, this is a man. And he is like 11 years older than me. Okay. So yeah, he basically just started like every time we would travel together, he would be like, oh, do you want to get a drink or something? And then would end up spending like four hours telling me really personal stuff about himself. Like what? Anything sexual? Um, yeah, like a little bit. And then stuff about like his mom dying and like his insecurities and like really really deep stuff sounds um, like he also might have a drinking problem like maybe he's getting drunk and like his personality is changing a little bit yeah i think he i mean well he said that he kind of used to so he's like one of those people who is like he has like a life coach now and he's yeah, like, trying to make his yeah he's got a life coach it. nina it's called you <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I didn't really mind it. I just felt like maybe he doesn't have anyone else to talk to. Do you feel um, like he's kind of like unloading on you? Like you're not also doing 50% of the talking? Uh, yeah, he definitely does all the talking. Um, why Why do you go get to drink with him? He sounds like what we would call an energy vampire. No, no, I mean like he's really nice and he's really funny and stuff. Like we get along really well. It's not, I'm making it sound like work. No, you're right. You're right. The whole my mother just died does sound like a, like a... <laughs> A, a barrel of laughs for sure okay here's a question are you attracted to him so i didn't think i was um and then <laughs> like i thought he was really gross when i first met him wow not just not attracted to him you found him <laughs> repulsive but the more you more you found out how much of a drinking problem he has and how fucked up he is you're like this guy's actually kind of cute yeah <laughs> so like he's, he comes across like at work like he's really cocky and really like overconfident i guess um and i think him being more like sensitive and stuff has made me like him better do you have a boyfriend no i don't does he have a girlfriend or a wife no but so then he like occasionally will drop in things about seeing people but i don't think he's actually seeing anyone i guess i'm a little confused by this relationship because i can't tell if if it's like a friendship that you think might be inappropriate or that he's coming on to you or that you're kind of falling for him. Are you trying to figure out, Nina, if you should take it to that next level and be his mom? Yeah, well, yeah. So basically, like, he, in, like, since we've been traveling together and all this stuff has happened, he's invited me over to his apartment. Like, so we basically after work drinks again, I know, like, the drinking sort of comes up again. Uh, he'll be like, oh, like, he'll, he'll always seem to pick a bar that's, like, right next to his house or his apartment. And then he's we'll an alcoholic. Like, oh. He wants to have sex with you. Okay, but it's possible and... that he's an alcoholic that can't walk very far because of the liver problems. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with you. He's just like, I just can't make it all the way down the... No, but I mean, that the whole, like, 
we got to pick this certain bar because of its proximity like that. Has, no, like, he never says that out loud. It's just like something that I've noticed. Have you ever like, had like an intimate time with him where you weren't drunk? Um, yeah, kind of. Tell us about that. So we were at, uh, they say it was like the more, like one of the early mornings that we had and he, we were in this airport together and he like kept like asking me like really personal stuff and then yeah, just being really intense again. And then the other thing that he does that's kind of weird is he'll like text me after our conversations and be like, like way more intense than even he is when we're talking. Like he'll be like, I don't have, like I've never talked to anyone. Like I talk to you. Like, Oh, oh so just, he's like, courting he's, like, you. He's in he's, love with you. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's, he's basically trying to go out with you. You're now kind of about to take the bait. You're like a little on the <laughs> fence about it. And yeah. I guess my question is, have you really fantasized about having sex with him? <laughs> have you really fantasized? Like, have you really thought about it? Like, so I didn't until like literally three days ago when we again were like at his apartment and he did that like really classic thing of like, oh, I have to show you something in my room, like come sit on my bed, whatever. And then I ended up just like sitting in his room for like 20 minutes and he didn't, he didn't do anything. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to leave if you're not going to like actually make moves. How long have you known? Uh, how long have you known him? Uh, like seven or eight months. And would it make you uncomfortable if I told you that he's had a hard on the entire seven or eight months? <laughs> it's never gone I down. I don't think. Well, I'm like, don't even know whether he likes me or not. Wait, can I? No, that's that that's does. part of his. He's texting you after you have a conversation saying, I've never been this intimate with someone before. Well, yeah, like he'll he'll say like, I just wish you knew like how thoughtful you were. Like I like I've never talked to anyone the way that I talked to you. Like I feel like I can open up around you the way that I can't open up around other people. And that's at like three in the morning, like after I've gone home. You like, and you're saying you're not sure he likes you. Well, I just feel like might just be like a weird personality. She's thing. a hot chick. He hasn't made a move. She's of not used not. to that. But also, how could he make a move? Because it's like you can't really have casual sex with like your business partner who you're constantly traveling with. you're also clearly out yeah. of his league you ever see those movies <laughs> where the guy is like uh flirting with a hot chick and then he goes into the bathroom and looks at himself in the mirror and like bites his finger and goes oh <laughs> that's what he does every time he goes to the bathroom he's like i can't believe this is really a happen and i want so badly for you to send me and Natasha, a picture of you and of him, because I'm so curious to see the attractiveness differential. I'm positive it's He's stark. playing you. But here's the thing. I'm total. The only thing I don't like about him is his need to have to like hang out close to a bar that he can walk to so he can go drunk home like he or walk home drunk. I mean, uh, I'm actually very I admire this guy because he you should not be even considering hooking up with this guy just based on what i know the fact that you thought he was gross but then all he had to do <laughs> to court you was just be like i've got severe emotional and mental problems and you're like this guy's actually kind of cute i mean it gives every man out there hope i agree I and honestly you don't need to go there it doesn't sound like if is moshe right a little bit yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so you don't have to go into detail, but because he's kind of on the right track, 
I feel like if you get involved, you'll probably, you know, you're either you'll have to leave your job because you won't want to be around him anymore. You know what I mean? Like it's probably not yeah. going to be a great thing. Yeah. You might want to like put up yeah, a boundary yeah. now and just like maybe start dating, get a boyfriend, have dates, make it very clear that you're not interested in him. Or here's another idea. How old are you? 22. And he's, so he's 30, 33? Th- yeah. So here's, but he's like not attractive physically. <laughs> <laughs> he's not like bad. He's not like bad. He's just like, I don't know. He's here's not, an idea. Like, I got, I got an idea. Yeah, like he's nice. But. Go to a, uh, yeah, he's nice. That's definitely what I asked. Uh, go to a, um, go to like a bar where like young 22 year olds hang out, like one of these weird Coke bars where they play bad house music. <laughs> Bring a twenty, yeah. <laughs> bring a twenty-two-year-old uh, man home, and then say you want to sleep with him, but make him um, wear a bald wig and like a, a like a sort of a <laughs> gut, like a fake gut that you have uh, made. And then while you're making love, you can pretend that it's him, and he can like cough and be like, "My liver, my liver," and you'd be like, "Oh wow, whatever, whatever the guy's name is. Oh, oh, Dennis. I assume his name is Dennis." <laughs> and then you can have your fantasy. <laughs> I also have one more bit of advice. Never underestimate like these men like study this stuff. So I'm not saying he's guilty of this, but he might be like reading books about how to get women. He might he might try to play her a little more. And I I just think she should be very in touch with what she wants and not just like because that's pretty annoying to be way out of someone's league and and actually be into them and waiting on the foot of the bed for them to make a move and they don't make a move. You think he's on another podcast right now going like, so I got this fucking (laughs) hottie 22 year old hottie she doesn't have a fucking clue what's going on no, I, my mother's alive my life is fucking perfect and i got her right in the crosshairs no he's clearly you know trying to play her a little bit he sounds to me like a sad sack that is just literally can't believe his luck that this 22 year old is like listening. no she said he's really cocky at work oh that's true that's fair what 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 i know you don't want to give too many specific details but what like generally do you do that you travel for work so much don't you don't have to be too specific so i work in software but he's like a sales guy and i'm like more technical oh god oh so you're like smarter than him too (laughs) (laughs) you're so far out of this guy's league this is so funny she's like a a coder a 22 year old hot coder and he's just like is he does he have a belly not like yeah that's a yes that's a yes Moshe, don't be cruel. To who? Dennis? So, Nina, do you feel like you have a game plan? Do you feel like maybe you... It sounds like you're kind of you're kind of intrigued, but at the same time, you want to start putting up some boundaries so he's not... Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. The obvious thing here is that what's hot about this is that it's forbidden. Mm-hmm. That's part of the whole thing. It's yeah, like, I think that's the whole reason why I like him. Is fight that. Like, totally, because it's I like... Can't. That's why cheating is is exciting. That's why sleeping with your best friend's best friend is exciting. That's why this seems exciting, even though it clearly on paper should not be. But the, <laughs> but superseding that is the is the old. Um, I believe it was. Um, I believe it was maybe the uh, the Buddha that said, "Don't shit where you eat." And yeah, <laughs> it's like this could not end well. There's no way it will end well. Yeah. So because uh, it's and it's and if you guys were like really seeming like. He, you were in love, I would say the job's not worth it. Right. But it's like, it's not, it's not that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not that. So what are you going to do? How are you going to avoid this? Are you going to avoid it? Um, Yeah, I'm going to try to. I guess I'll probably just the next time he like invites me back, probably just be like, no, I'm okay. Well, I I kind of try to do that a little bit 
anyway, but he just, like pulls the whole like, no, please, please. Oh, I don't like um, that. Also, you sound hot. You should start dating guys and start, you know, getting yeah. busy at night. And also, don't feel embarrassed to tell him. Just be like, oh, I'm calling. Yeah, I'm going out on a date. Oh, I can't go. I have dinner plans with with someone. Oh, a boyfriend? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm dating. You know what I, I mean? Like, you can just be very yeah. straightforward. You don't owe him anything. Yeah. I would take it a step further, Nina. And I, I think I kind of understand what's happening with you, which is that you work in tech. So you're surrounded by, like, probably older guys. You probably work, like, tons and tons and tons of hours a week and don't have a lot of opportunity to go date. Is that probably, is that about accurate? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And and these are the people that you're surrounded with. And here's a person that's like giving you attention, but really has sucked your energy from you. <laughs> and it seems like this is your prospect. And so I think my gut tells me, Nina, that unless you have an actual conversation with him when where you say and not in the heat of the the moment where you guys like get together maybe during the day in public and you say I've been thinking about this it's very exciting but I think we're, like we need to take a little bit of distance like you are going to end up hooking up with this guy and it is going to end up probably really bad and you and you may and the realities of the sexist world we live in you may end up the person who who gains the stigma from this because you know you're young and blah 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 you know it's i know in the tech world is like rife with misogyny so, so what you're saying Moshe, is she needs to actually have a direct conversation with if him. you don't want to go there i don't think that the best idea is to wait until you're in the moment to demure mm. because not only does that guy you already mentioned not respecting your boundaries when you do demure but you're not even sure you want to respect your boundaries in the moment when you're like it's late at night and you've already so if you actually want to avoid hooking up with this guy, my advice would be to have a frank conversation with him where you say, this has been fun, but I just think we should be colleagues. And then go find yourself some 22-year-old did it did it You can do it, Nina. <laughs> you can do it, Okay, Nina. thank you. <laughs> Good luck. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I almost feel like she should have been even more appreciative because that was excellent advice. <laughs> It was. It's I mean, true. it's like so obvious what the situation was. And I've been there where you just are in such an insular world that you just fall in love with whoever you're around. Like, you know, I've been in the comedy community a lot. So sometimes I'll end up like having to date a comedian. Oh, fuck or off. married to a comedian. <laughs> and it's just like a practice, you but know? You're like, older than me. So maybe you took advantage of me. I mean, it does sound like I, I agree. Like, I just could hear in her voice because I've been in these types of situations, not where there's like a weird power dynamic, but where you're like, constantly hanging out with someone that you know you shouldn't be hanging out with but you're kind of also intrigued by the danger of it that if you don't do it officially you won't do it you can't trust yourself but also how did she get to the point where she's sitting on the bed waiting for him to make a move thinking he's gross to like Eight months later, being on the bed waiting for him to kiss her, well, that's even though she doesn't even really like him. Well, that's what's so weird about you know about relationship dynamics, and I hate to say it specifically, male female relationship dynamics, is that there's all kinds of like weird power stuff involved. He's probably older. He's got more. I mean, he is older. He's got more life experience. Even though he sounds kind of like sad, he's probably also kind of charismatic. You know, mm -hmm. and there's a kind of charisma and even manipulation. I don't know if he's doing it on purpose or not. That comes with unloading your like trauma on a younger person who's mm -hmm. going like, "Wow, he trusts me to unload his trauma." And then on. making sure to text that as well. That's why I thought totally. maybe he's manipulating her a little bit. Yeah, so he wants to unload trauma, and then he wants to unload load. <laughs>
Nina, if you're listening, call us back in a few months and let us know what happened. Did I don't you... know if she had it in her to have the frank conversation. I don't think so either. I... It's hard to do that. If I had to bet, if I had to bet, and this is what's fucked up, the, the, the fucked up misogynistic part of this, if I had to guess what's going to happen, she's going to fuck him, it's going to get weird, she's going to get fired. Well, you tried to warn her. I did. And that's what, that's what misogyny needs, is a man to step in and warn me. But these you were women. right. I hadn't thought it through clear enough because I was like, she just can't see him anymore but you're right she can't just say it in the moment of he's course. like and then she also might want to drink and they want to unwind and you know and she's not even hanging out with guys her own age she's gonna be like well you know dennis will do <laughs> all right so we're gonna go to a segment yeah let's go to a damn segment hey natasha yes have you ever wondered if we're compatible um I mean, I assume we are because we're happily married. I'm not as sure. And I was wondering if you could maybe analyze us based solely on the absolutely real science <laughs> of astrology. Why do you hate astrology so much? I don't hate anything. I think it's real. Astrology's real, <laughs> but vaccinations are not. Okay, so we are at Cancer and Aries. I am a Cancer. You are an Aries. You are a Cancer on my Aries. Oh, Okay, so it says cancer we usually see as extremely asexual. Fuck off, really? <laughs> it says that? Yes. Our family is presented by the sign of cancer in the moon and is a psychological challenge for all of us to understand that our parents are sexual beings. Oh, no, I know my mom's a sexual being. I've smashed a couple times. Okay, now here's me. The problem with sexual relations with an Aries. Frigid? Is that it? Aries oh, my God, partners I knew it. are usually not that gentle. Aries, oh, you're not gentle? Yes. That's true. They need to learn how to show emotion. A hardcore cock and ball torture. And I don't like it. <laughs> and I've said it every time. For them, intimacy is something built, not implied. Thank you. If they manage to reconcile these huge differences at the beginning of their relationship, and if none of them is forced to do anything they are not ready for. Anal. <laughs> I wasn't ready. You made me into a woman. So what... I, I don't know. I, I I just always feel like there's something to astrology. Complete horseshit. That I don't know if astrology is horseshit, but that is horseshit. None of that is applicable to you, an Aries, and me, a Cancer. And I know right now there's someone's like, but what about your rising? But it's like, what, when does it feel applicable? Anytime something in astrology doesn't feel applicable, someone's like, your rising, your rising is asexual. Maybe your rising is actually sexual. <laughs> Maybe you're rising as a gentle lover. It's like, okay, what so, else you got? Uh, well, that Cancer Aries values. Uh, while Aries, me, gives a lot of significance to someone's state of energy, focus, and consistency. I would okay. say that's very true. Who doesn't give energy to that? Cancer values the ability to stay rational and stable. That's true. Qualities they okay. have difficulty achieving. I, okay, okay, I'm getting on board. This already seems like us. Okay, I like this. I'm, I'm back. Star signs, baby. As much as Aries, me, wants to devote their physical body to sports. Oh, you <laughs> and love all the sports. ways to keep their creative energy high. Dude, you are a sport nut. Cancer wants to sleep, dance, and eat. All I do like sleeping, <laughs> dancing, and eating. I can't deny it. Sleep, dance, eat. That should be your memoirs. <laughs> My Most, memoir? That's how I pronounce it. Okay. Or does it say that Aries are huge snobs? Mostly they share they sexual They often pronounce activity. memoir, memoirs. 
All right, summary. Let's go to the summary. Oh, come on. Give me more sexual energy. All right, fine, summary. This relationship can be painful and needs a lot of work put in order to work. That is just not true for us. It requires both of the partners to adapt and make changes in their behavior while tiptoeing around each other most of the time. Oh, I mean, that's not us. Have we, and has our relationship even required that much work? Honestly, be honest. Um, I had to talk you out of some bad ideas at the beginning. I mean, yeah, but what do you consider our relationship to have been a lot of work to make it to make it successful? I mean, I do kind of feel like I am a waitress at a really <laughs> crappy restaurant. I sometimes. feel like I'm the chef. <laughs> you can't cook. She once told me that because she's Italian, she'll stick to pasta. No, That's I know only how to make. She... I I one hundred percent always my pasta is good. Yeah, dente. I just said that. And I know how to reheat. <laughs> That's not that easy to do. It is. There's a button on the microwave that <laughs> But says how do you reheat. know how long to reheat it for? You press the button reheat and it reheats it. Yeah, but I know exactly the temperature. Oh. Like okay. the amount of seconds to reheat something. Maybe that's because you're you in Aries. Re- you think you put everything in a microwave, like five boxes of food all at once for like five minutes. Hun, there's no competition here when it comes to cooking. I can cook, you can't. You can actually cook, but I'm saying... I'm not without merit. I think you have many merits. I make toast. Toast is not a merit. I make spaghetti. Spaghetti's good. And I know how to reheat. And I can make packaged goods. <laughs> you can make packaged goods? <laughs> well, if we're ever going from Missouri to the West, I'll be sure to call you to pack up that hardtack so we can make our journey. <laughs> Honey, did you get the packaged goods? The sundries? <laughs> no, like, you know, like, um, like, like a rice mix or something. You know how to make rice aroni? <laughs> Is that what you're talking about? Yes, but not everybody does. Yes, everybody does. <laughs> it's literally the okay, easiest Okay, well, thing. I know how to present things, and I'm a very good cleaner, and I know how to entertain. You're a wonderful comedian. You're a brilliant <laughs> mind. You're gentle. You're loving. You're funny. You're a, you know, you're a deep thinker. You're sweet. You're devoted. But you just, you got to stay out of the kitchen, straight up, straight up. Lasagna does not make a a chef. I believe that was. uh, Everybody loves lasagna. Epicurious that said that. And I know how to make it. You do know how to make lasagna. Thank you. No, honestly, I'm not being fair. You know how to make a lot of different dishes. You know how to make lasagna, spaghetti marinara. (laughs) You know how to make uh, uh, fettuccine alfredo. You know how to make gnocchi. If we buy the gnocchi. Ravioli. You know how to make raviolis if we buy the raviolis. You know how to make, you know how to uh, stir spaghetti and pesto together. I mean, honey, I'm I'm the luckiest man on earth, and and even though it's been an unbelievable challenge being with an Aries, <laughs> as asexual as I am and as sexually aggressive as you are, it's been worth all of the incredible hard work we've put into this relationship. Okay, well, right, so we are now. Forty-seven percent compatible, according to this. <laughs> but if you add, uh, if you add on a, cur- if you grade on a curve for al dente, we're at a hundred percent. Okay, should we take another call? Hey, everybody, we're back. We're gonna do another call. We're calling our friend Ernesto from Arizona. Let's find out what his issue is. Such good bass. It really is a great, great track. I wonder I who love wrote it. this. I think it's good. I honestly wonder who wrote this. Hello? Hey, Ernesto. Speaking. It's Moshe Kasher. Hi, Ernesto and Natasha. 
Hi. How you doing? So nice to talk to you guys. I'm doing okay. Good. Nice to talk to you too. What's going on? Uh, I just work nights, so I sleep during the day for the most part. So. All right. All right. Well, so we're catching you at what part of your evening? Uh, this is like kind of like my morning, basically. And what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a nurse. What kind of nurse? Uh, I worked on a cardiac floor. Um, I just graduated actually uh, last spring, so I've been working about eight months or so, uh, probably around this month. So you're a heart nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're having problems with love. <laughs> oh, the bittersweet irony, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, you saying that right now, just yeah, for for sure. That's, All right, so tell us what's going on. Um, well, I don't know. I guess uh, for the most part, I've been fairly sheltered at home. My uh, family was pretty religious growing up. So, What religion are we talking about? Uh, Roman Catholic, for and, the most part. Uh, that's the best one. That's the one with the best PR right now. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> what, what? I, was, I was raised Catholic as well, so I know the, the feeling. And how did that affect you? How does that affect you to this day? Well... I mean, I, I would say I'm still religious, but not as much as I was when I was younger. So my, my parents split up when I was uh, when I was about eight or nine. So my mom basically just raised me and my siblings at home. Let me ask you this, uh, Ernesto, about the split. Was it your fault? It sounds like it was your fault. I'm just from what I'm hearing. It sounds like it might have been yeah, your fault. Yeah, you know, I, I probably had a big part of playing there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Okay. That's why that's why you became um, a, a, a cardiac nurse because you're trying to mend those broken hearts that you broke when you were merely eight years old. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, okay. So you want to have love in your life? I do. Yeah. I. I just. I don't know. I've been lately been really feeling sort of. I don't know if left out is the word. Uh, I just a lot of my friends, um, especially my age, all have been in relationships for like the past two years, maybe or so. I'm sort of like the last person who hasn't really found anybody yet, you know? Right. And like growing up in high school and stuff, I never really had a girlfriend or anything like that, you know, because my parents were always, or at least my mom, she was just very like, you know, you have to wait till you're done with school and like all this other stuff. And I was, I was pretty involved in school. Like I played sports and uh, I was pretty academic too. So I, school was my main focus, but I realized, you know, I could have been doing other things other than just school. Mm-hmm. And, I'm sort of feeling like it's not, I've been feeling like it's not going to happen, you know, because I feel like I have a lot of trouble just trying to make a connection with somebody. Wait, sure. Ernesto, how old yeah. are you? I'm 23. <laughs> Don't laugh at Ernesto. It's so young. It is young, Ernesto. It's young to throw, yeah. it's certainly young to throw in the towel. <laughs> but I will say that. And also, oh, go ahead. Well, I just hearing you talk, like just the your vibe. It, you sound uh-huh. you sound unlovable. I will say that. No, no, I'm kidding. You sound. He's sensitive. Don't say that. <laughs> he's just Moshe's kidding. Well, Ernesto knows who he's calling. No, Ernesto. Uh, okay, but I don't want to disrespect you. On I want to disrespect you generally, but I don't want to disrespect your concerns with, with by, Let me hear it. by saying you're 23. Because I think I I relate to the idea, no matter how old you are, of still being like I I'm, yeah. I'm so unlucky in love. I see a pattern forming. Right. And I, yeah. I, I, I do get that because, but I can tell you a story from my personal life. Is this a long story? It might be. <laughs> I, I was, I was probably. Because Ernesto and I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> I was probably a decade older than you at, at your age currently. And I was thinking the same thing that love wasn't going to happen for me and that I wasn't really yeah. destined for love. 
And, mm-hmm. uh, and I just thought like, it's just not going to work out. Like I'm too used to being single. I'm too used to like just being on my own and just, I, I'm, I'm not going to, ha- it's not going to happen for me. And then I met Natasha and I was like, oh, it really was. I mean, it's sort of like sad in a way, but it was like, it really was just about like waiting around until the right person came. Circumstances. Like, Cause also if Moshe and I would have met, cause we knew each other, if we would have met like five years before or five years after it also mm-hmm. wouldn't have probably been the right connection because we would have maybe met other people or whatever but also i i think are you were you done with that point or you're gonna tell them a story well i was gonna tell you a story this is a a, a story that a friend of mine told me that i thought was really interesting but first of all this whole thing with your friends who've been in relationships since they were 21 i mean by the way Mm -hmm. just a little bit of information about all your friends who've been in a relationship for the past two years who are 21 (laughs) they are all going to end those relationships (laughs) Not one of them. Not one of them will make it. But, um, you know, there's this concept of compare and despair. Have you ever heard that before? No, I haven't. Uh, Well, it's just like those people in your life who are in relationships have nothing to do with you. Their success means nothing. It doesn't mean a thing. Like, because those are other people. It's all about Ernesto and your future. It's not about whether your buddies have a you know have somebody to watch game of thrones with on a sunday night but here's a, <laughs> here's the story i was going to tell you there was a uh, there was a, a speaker in aa in alcoholics anonymous that i heard once that um was basically she was a, a woman and she was married to a man that was like 15 years younger than her right and she yeah. said her whole life she would go through her life and she would be she was happy in every other facet of her life but she was going uh you know what about love why can't I find love? And she would pray to God. She would say, God, why won't you send me a man? And she would just keep praying and praying. Well, God, uh, everything in my life is perfect, but where is my man? Where is my man? And then finally she met this guy that was 15 years younger than her and they ended up getting married and spending the rest of their lives together. And the story that she told was that this whole time she was screaming out to God, where is my man? Where is my love? That God was answering her, uh, he's two years old, Suzanne. You just gotta wait. You just have to wait for him to get old enough. The point of it is not find somebody, and you'll find someone when you're very old. The point of it is you have absolutely no idea the mystery that the universe has for you, uh, and when you're going to meet the person that you're going to love, and when you're going to find love. But you're capable of love. You're a goddamn heart nurse. And I also think well, the thing I was going to say that was really good, Mosh, but I think that you should don't be so hard on yourself about that. You, you know, you were studying more in high school. It's like, that's good. That made you like have this cool career. And now, you know, you're doing like a pretty serious job at 23. And also to be a nurse, like I feel like that's a real calling because you have to have a very high tolerance for pain and grossness and like just like dealing mm-hmm. with like that's that's a very hard place. I mean, that's that's a place, you know, hospitals are, are a hard place to be. And, you know, you just have yeah. this ability to be there. So it's like you obviously have a large capacity for a lot of different things. And I wouldn't beat yourself up because you weren't dating and finding your mate in high school. Yeah. These friends of yours who are in two year relationships, what do they do for a living? Most of my friends are like servers. They work at you know <laughs> restaurants. Oh. Ernesto, man, come on. The story is like obvious here. <laughs> While they were chasing love, you were chasing a career. And now when you find the right person, you're going to be so much more attractive and so much more stable. I mean, you're a goddamn nurse, a cardiac nurse. That's like, it's like you just, but but that's my point is that compare and despair. It's like, it's not that they're bad for being servers and you're good for being a nurse. It's that while they were working on, on the love thing, 
you were working on a whole different thing and now you've got that thing. And if you believe that to be true, that you are going to find the right person, you won't take in any sort of like negativity into your dating, the thinking that like love isn't possible for you or it's passed you by because obviously you don't want to bring that on a date. Yeah, man. Yeah. You got it. You already got all the tools you need. You're obviously a nice person. I can tell just by talking to you, even though you did break up your parents' marriage. You, uh, <laughs> you're obviously smart. You're obviously intelligent. You, you're compassionate, which is you know what nurses need to be. You're and and you have a great job. You're successful. It's like I, I don't want to say you're young uh, because it's like disrespectful to your emotional process, but you are young. And, I but mean, you do have to go out. Yeah, yeah. And I do think that's something that people really need to like come to terms with. Like even if you work a long shift and you're tired, whenever someone invites you to things, if you are looking for love, you kind of have to like suck it up and go because that's really sure. where you meet people. So that, that that is definitely something I've been working on because um, one of my best friends that I met uh, during nursing school, actually, she's a little bit older. She's uh, she's like 29 right now. Oh, wow. Uh, but she, she's been telling me around, like, she tells me the same things. Like, I've, I have heard that a little bit where it's like you were focusing on these other things. And it's it's not that it's sort of like the girls that I meet around my age. Like, if I ever go out to a bar with my friends or something, they're just like, I just don't, I don't connect with them because I felt like I've had a lot of uh, responsibility, especially with like work and stuff that I the things that they care about, I'm just like, I don't really care about anything you're talking about right now. So it's hard to like find common ground. Of course. Because oh. I've had like, even just working the, this past like few months on my, on my unit, I've seen like so many crazy things that it's just, it's hard to like. It's hard to talk to some girl about, about her Instagram feed when you like are dealing with people dying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is. And, and she. Go ahead. She told sorry. me about waiting to and, and that, that kind of stuff where it's like, you're, you know, it's, you're just not like you have to give yourself those experiences where like if somebody invites you to go do like an activity or something, you should go. And then maybe while you're there, you might meet somebody just like giving yourself the opportunity instead of just waiting around and, you know, hoping something's going to just drop. Well, yeah, I mean, like at your front door. Here's the deal. Obviously, you're a little bit mature for your age. I mean, not only in your career choice, but also in your existential panic about never finding love, (laughs) even though you're 23. It's like, yeah, first of all, you can always try to date older women. I dated older women pretty much my entire (laughs) life till I got to a certain age. And I started dating women the same age as me. Then I got to another age and I started dating slightly younger women. And then I was like, this pattern isn't going well. And then I got married. But anyway, like. You can exactly. you can always find women that are older than you because older women are mm-hmm. always going to be more mature if you're a person that's more mature. But also a cool thing will happen as you get older, then you'll start to notice that the women in your life are getting more mature too because they're getting older too. Like not everybody matures at the same rate. You know, usually it's men yeah. that are immature, but it's not that that's not the case in your in, in for you. So you just you know you just got to wait, get out there, have, have some fun in the meantime. But I would I would start. I would definitely start looking for older women. And one of the ways that I would do that is to start aggressively hitting on the doctors on your floor. I think that's a very good idea. <laughs> no, but I, I can totally, I, I, I never even thought about this before you said it, but a job like yours, like you probably do, it'd probably be nice to talk to someone who understood it. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to explain to somebody who who's, isn't experienced what it's like. And that's why like whenever you start working, you make a lot of, the, the friends you made during nursing school, you generally everybody kind of gets a job around the same time because you guys are together, obviously. So you always like form a pretty strong bond with them because you realize like 
no, I need to talk to somebody about all the shit that we go through. Cause right. the, the first year they tell us is the very, very hardest of your nursing career. Cause it's when you have to learn the ropes, you have to get in there and figure out how to do it by your own, like willpower basically. And, and it is really frustrating sometimes, but I, I know I can see what you guys are, are, are uh, coming from right now. And, and, you know, maybe when you think about what you want in a woman, one of the things you need, it seems like, is someone who can like understand, even if they don't experience the exact same job or whatever, you really need someone who you can talk to and who understands where, you know, what what you do all day. Okay. I swear, I do think that as you get older, you're going to find more people that have varied life experiences and they're going to mm-hmm. be able to relate to you, whether or not they're nurses, they're going to be able to relate to you. I just think time will tell and you are definitely, you're, you seem cool and you're funny you got a good sense of humor ernesto uh we have a good good feeling about you definitely it's all gonna happen just try to be patient and and take my advice like older women right aren't there you're in a cardiac ward so there's probably like some very elderly (laughs) people on your ward some 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 gills for sure that i can probably you you can make some you can make some people's last dreams come true okay hey good luck to you man hey call us when you thank you guys so much hey thank you and thank you for doing your heart the hard work that you do we got a very good feeling about your future okay bye Bye, Ernesto. Okay, thank you guys so much. Bye. Bye. Nice talking to you guys. Uh, You too. So what did we learn here today, Natasha? Uh, Set some boundaries. Vaccinate some kids. Take some risks. Uh, Don't send your screenshots to your schedule. (laughs) And uh, people are worthy of love. Yeah, I think think knowing that in your head and, and not you know, not replacing that with insecurity. If you can just try to like make yourself think like, I don't believe that about myself. And people mature at at different ages, at different levels, at different paces. And that 23 year olds and 22 year olds should be together. I'm kind of thinking we should set Ernesto and Nina up on a little date. Also, it's rude to be 23 and say you're old. (laughs) It was pretty amusing. when he's like, I just don't think it's going to happen for old Ernesto. (laughs) Like, (laughs) How old are you? Well, I'm still in puberty, but I'm pretty sure it's over. But it is an illusion that I I relate to, is that when you're in a non-loving life, you go, hmm, maybe it's because I am not capable of it. And he in particular, that's a a very stressful job. Yeah. And honestly, though- Dealing with people who are dying all day. But you kind of brushed past the fact that what I said to Ernesto was, I felt the same way until I met you. That was cute, honey. Thank you. You know what, hon? What? I love you. I love you too. Bye, everybody.